Hi everybody, welcome to Flail Forward. It's it's this kind of week. It's it's uh Mercury's in retrograde right now. So uh you know you probably maybe you know what that means, maybe you don't, maybe you know what it means and you don't care, maybe you know what it means and you think it's not a thing. Uh it's not really a thing. Mercury Mercury's not really going backwards, it just looks like it is because of the Maybe you've got a thing against Mercury because as gods go, he was always... I mean, he wasn't, like, as much of a jerk as some of them, but... I mean... Well, this is about, this is about the astrological Mercury, which is the self. So this is, a, this is a time of regression into past self, in a sense. And uh, this is... Apparently, technology is regressing into the fucking 1990s uh, when... It shit just kind of start, sort of worked, maybe. If you started the computer up, maybe it would connect to the printer, and maybe it wouldn't. And I feel like we had a good, solid decade of shit working really, really well, and now, and now it's all over the place again. It feels like to me. Uh, this is totally ever since subscriptions, cat. Ever since software subscriptions. Well, they lost the need for their stuff to work, I guess. You can just patch it. It's fine. Just just patch it on release. And people uh, will be paying for it, regardless of whether it works or not. So there's not much incentive to actually patch it. It's like... You think I mean, they the do incentive? do it. It's just like, they, they patch it all the time. And <laughs> sometimes it crashes itself. It's you know most of the time it's fine. Most of the time it, it's an improvement, but like you know, it's it's noticeable enough, man. It's just like well, okay. So let's actually segue into a topic for game design. So at least, nah. at least, what I'd been going to deal with originally was the the I idea of well basically patching things yourself when stuff doesn't work which is tedious tedious if i have to patch shit in your game i'm putting your game down go away bye i'm get. i'm making my own i'm not no that's my philosophy at this point i'm not patching your game I don't, I don't, if if your game has one element that turns me off, I'm I'm chucking your game across the room, and not probably not playing. I mean, metaphorically, I'm not actually. I like your game probably, <laughs> but I'm not gonna play it because I don't want to do the work uh, unless it's on my own game. So I don't play other people's games anymore because they all annoy me. Fuck. I that's a large degree of why I've been doing things my way as well. Yes, can't really argue with that. Though, well, it's a problem. I mean, we are designers, though. Like, we can actually... Well, no, we're, we're, no we, we, we talk like we're designers, but we don't have... We, we are not... We, there is no published game that is a demonstration of our design capabilities. I have a little bit, but okay. there are video games. So, I don't know if that counts. Well, but, for pur purposes of talk talking about RPG design, no. 
I could make one really quick. It just I would not we'll be do happy it then. I would not be happy about that. Well then cop to the fact that you don't have a game out that's that demonstrable of your design chops. That's a yeah. problem. It's a problem to talk about it and not have something out. I'm just noticing that for me. Nah. And it happens to apply to you too. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> got it. Well, I mean, we've definitely been learning a lot as we go. So it's yes. Fun. Yes. This, this whole podcast has been literally us flailing forward. Yeah, which is right. Fair. But my point is, though, that we're doing the design thing. We're dedicating large amounts of time and effort into doing this. And mm -hmm. we're willing to focus on it to a degree that it's like, okay, we're, we're going to build stuff from the ground up mm -hmm. to have something that we actually want to play, mm -hmm. which... To be fair, a lot of people don't want to go through, like, starting mm -hmm. basically from scratch. They'd rather be like, okay, I'd rather have mm -hmm. something that's sort of close to what I want already and just tweak it so yeah, that... Yeah, I, I, I get your point. Yeah. Yeah. So um... the point is, though, that that basically means that we're into... Do we build the software that we play for our games ourselves, like the entire game itself from scratch? Or do we just, you know, mod a game, essentially? Well, I mean, we, we can't not start from scratch, right? We can't, I mean, we, so hang on a second, let me back that up. No, nothing we do is going to be original. We're all we're all taking from inspiration from everything we've ever played and, and looked at and, and all the media and all that stuff. Right. So I, I don't, you know, from scratch is not, I don't know if I, I, I jive with that, but I, I know what you mean. Like we're not, you're not, you're not starting with somebody else's mechanics. You're starting with your own premise and you're starting with like, I want the game to be able to do X, Y, and Z. And I want mechanics that support X, Y, and Z and no mechanics that don't support X, Y, and Z, presumably. Or something at least close to that, yeah. Okay. I'd admit it more along the lines of just um, that we're going to be... I suppose you're correct that we're not able to do something completely from scratch, but by from scratch, I mean, like, we are starting with a fresh new book. Like, mm -hmm. we're not taking a previously written game and saying, okay, we're just going to change the text here and change the text here. Okay, we've rewritten half the book, but we still started with an original book. Like, if I'm saying I, like, I, from... Okay, yes. I hear you. Yep. Yep, just wanted to find this. So... To that, to that end, so we're not, we're not, we're not modding something. Right. Neither of us are satisfied with modding something, even though we can't escape certain things. Right. Like we can't escape having dice unless you want to have a diceless game, but that's been done. Right. So yeah. that's it. And the cool. dice we're using, what are you using? You're using D20s. Okay. So that's, 
the dice most associated with RPGs, which is go good for you. I'm probably using D6s and D10s. So that's the two other most common dice, I would say. Probably D6s are the most common. And then D20s and then D10s, I would say, probably in that order. And then, you know, some of the wacky ones. Yeah, it's a weird to do D6 and D10, though, because just on the the nature of a D6 being... Its main attraction is generally just that, oh, well, you can use, like, any dice, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. You're ubiquitous. Yeah, I, uh, yes. There, yeah, there's a good reason. I came of Yahtzee, so you're fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the unless D20 also is, is quite unless recognizable. Unless playing Shadowrun. Right, and then, yeah, then you need, like, eight <laughs> games of Yahtzee. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, okay, so we're designing, right? We're, we're, we are, we are not super satisfied with uh, uh, the the offerings that we that we read and the games we play something's wrong something we were like mm, why can't it just do x why can't i just do what 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 you know there's something here that's not i don't feel supported it's like this 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 bra is is no good i don't feel supported and i want a new bra this is a weird metaphor <laughs> for me uh but i'm going to 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 stick with it uh, so I, I want a bra that is like, you know, I want to be able to do, uh, X, Y, and Z in this thing. And you get my point. So we're, 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 we're trying to figure out like almost by process of elimination, what our games look like, because we know certain things we don't want. Like, I feel like you and I both have long lists of shit. We really do not want to have happen in our games. <laughs> Kind of, yeah. Um, I actually want mine to be fairly open, but the the issue is that it's like being open is kind of. Mm -hmm. I don't want very strict things to have to happen in a very strict, specific way. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, except you have also a very tight meta setting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it's actually not that big of an issue because the meta setting, despite being very, even though it's kind of tight, it's also built so that it's very open what you can do within it. So mm -hmm. it's not that required. Like you can, like I can still mostly pull most of the game away from the setting and it still works mostly. right but the but but your meta setting is particular right because what it does is support your game by manifesting rpg tropes as part of its reality yeah mm -hmm. well yeah i mean games clearly haven't needed that up until this point in the first place uh-huh <laughs> They've just existed and been like, yeah, it's totally fine. You don't need to explain that. It's fine. So, so what you're seeking, in some sense, is an explanation for the tropes that everybody's cool with. And you are frustrated by the 
somewhat lack of adherence to a coherent uh a coherent setting yeah i mean it's going to get to be a thing where there's everybody has different levels of how much willing suspension of disbelief they happen to have I have a fair bet, but there are certain things that will bug me, and it will, like, I can, I can still sustain, suspend the disbelief, but... Give me an example. I got, I have a few in the back pocket that... Um, good examples. But... Yeah. Well, I mean, just like the peasant railgun, right? That 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 whole things like that, right? Where there's there's a there's a there's a game rule that causes a manifest weirdness, and uh, <clears throat> either the either the GM says, "Yeah, let's let the game rule take over and let the manifest weirdness happen," uh, or the players try to argue the GM into letting the manifest weirdness happen. And typically, I I would say if the manifest weirdness clocks over a certain cool amount, it generally will take place. Uh, That's generally the good way to do things. Like, yeah, I mean, it is the rule of cool. It's like this is interesting enough. It's like, yeah, it's not. It doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's, it's funny. interesting enough. Yeah. Who yeah. cares? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like, and so, so those those corner cases, right? Or or the GM says, no, no, no. It goes like this because that's how it should go. Right. Like that's, you know, because he's trying the, 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 the GM's trying to maintain the, the coherence of the setting so that it, 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 there's a perceived, I don't know. There, I, I hear people talk about um, immersion, but I don't think, I don't know what that word means to everybody. I feel like people use that word and mean totally different things. <clears throat> I think that's so, probably a fair way to put it. Yeah. Um, um, so it's like it's hard to it's hard to tell like what what the good move is there because from my perspective, and it sounds like from yours that the the going with the whatever is the most entertaining is probably correct. At least it's it's probably your best bet. Most cases, and that's kind of... I know I've mentioned that I have a rule specifically to encompass that built into the game. Mm -hmm. Because it's one of those things that it's like, yeah, these are the, the... The rules of the game are literally the rules of physics within the setting, so... If something weird is happening, it's like, yes, you can actually do this. Magic allows it, because we have magic, so... It means that you're just abusing magic to do things that people would abuse magic to do as soon as they thought of it. I mean, that's essentially what engineering is, right? Physics and... Pretty much everything that we develop, it's basically like, okay... Here's how the natural world actually works. How can we break it? Yep. 
I mean, so that's, how can we circumvent it or turn it to our use? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's totally fine. And that's totally a good thing to have in a setting, I think. Because, I mean, that's how people are going to use it anyway. So it would be. Yeah, but weird. that presumes it presumes you have to have rules in order to exploit them, right? So that presumes you have to have like an actual physics environment if the players are going to have that capability, unless <clears throat> unless you're just saying <clears throat> that that's something that can happen in the story, and then you don't need to have rules for it. No, I'd say it actually to a degree does have to exist. Like you can just have people do what ever but there's definitely certain things that only happen because the mechanics existing like the peasant railgun that you mentioned like for anybody not familiar oh. with it it is the thing that in team deal was it 3.5 that was you mm. could pass an object to another person as a free action Pe which people have google cats people have google don't care they're not going to do it in the middle of this. They can so. do peasant railgun. But yeah. You could pass something infinitely fast. And then basically explode something on the other end with it. But yes. <laughs> this is a thing that only exists because the rules exist. Mm -hmm. Like, if the rules did not exist that allowed for this to happen, you wouldn't have seen this come up as a thing in the first place like people wouldn't create this if you're like just do whatever you want you can do anything it's like okay i'm gonna have like a million peasants standing in a straight line they're going to hand this rock between them until it like explodes the lich in the face and it like knocks them off the planet into low orbit it's like that doesn't make any sense. Like, this is not something that would have existed in a vacuum. It exists explicitly because the physics were there that they were able to be exploited. So when you don't have rules in a game to exploit, I think it actually does limit the creativity a fair bit because it is kind of the thing about, like, um, it's hmm. the idea that restrictions do breed creativity to a certain mm -hmm. degree. As long as you have enough openness within those restrictions, but the restrictions basically funnel your thought process towards possibilities. So if you don't have any possibilities that are listed, you can only reach the limits of your imagination within the confines of what you understand reality to be. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, it's the whole concept of fiction is stranger than like reality is stranger than fiction because fiction has to stick to possibilities. Like it's within this world this is the actual reality. Like, nobody could have come up with the fiction of the peasant railgun in and of themselves without 
the actual physics in play like this is reality basically and once reality is in play then it's like okay reality is going to do some weird stuff that nobody had predicted and does not make sense to say out loud mm -hmm. without that underlying reality of the rules this does not exist right the rule being you can hand somebody an object as a free action right which takes zero time <clears throat> yeah yeah and it's the same thing with like if you get into quantum physics and reality and such it's like if these rules did not exist we would say we would call bullshit on any sci-fi author that explained like the things that quantum physics actually does it's like no that's not how that works and it's like this doesn't make any sense this is completely irrational that's you can't do that. That's not how reality works. And then it's like, yeah, fuck you, don't care. Because physics. <laughs> but that's, that's the point. If you don't have this underlying reality to work with, then you don't get emergent gameplay. Like, you do need rules to emerge gameplay from. If you don't have any rules, then you can't emerge from the rules because there's nothing to emerge from so i, I well that, that sounds like a given but but i think you're saying you need to have more the more complex rules the more creative you can be not necessarily okay i you but can you need have, something you can have very clunky cumbersome rules that try to account for everything that are overly complex and you wind up with some simulationist game where it's accounted for absolutely everything to ridiculous degrees and it's like yeah this is a 783 page tome and it's like that's what you're writing though yeah i realized that as i was saying it <laughs> <laughs> except it's not all rules huh? no but i know it's not <laughs> Actually, it's, still, it's still pretty chunky, though. It is. But there has to be... You have to write it in such a way that there's room for moving parts where they interact with each other, not just mm -hmm. static things that are all locked in place. Like, this is the exact mechanics for exactly how this works. If it interacts with this other mechanic then there's this very specific cog that connects them together and they interact in this very explicit way it it's when you have the more open-ended rules that are less defined where it's like yeah this is just this is one size fits all for this kind of thing like the quick the free action where you can do this it doesn't take any time in quotation marks and that's where the problem for the peasant railgun came from was that exact issue uh same thing like you know what? i don't i don't think that that tracks wait a second hang on no it totally does like okay what's your problem with it well i i'm i'm, I'm saying the peasant railgun comes from the fact that that D&D &D has to name what it what handing somebody an object is 
it has to categorize that like why and my 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 point i suppose is that uh you're better off not getting that granular unless it you know at all oh. generally speaking i don't i don't think it benefits anybody to uh classify uh handing somebody something uh at that level it just it is well, thing I think uh, that yeah, I, 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 I suppose no. Well, so we'll see because the problem is, is like we're talking about two different kinds of emergent gameplay. Mm. Uh, you're talking about, I think, the gameplay that comes from, um, from tactical situations where you are, uh, you are presented with a, a particular challenge. And the solution to that challenge is going to be some combination of your mechanical abilities and the way you wield those mechanical abilities. I mean, that can be a method. Like that was. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, like, is that what you're talking about? Like, in terms of like, because you're talking about free actions. Well, so that was that the initial example that. given. Okay. That was the initial example given, but I think it can be brought out to other things. Like if you have just role playing in general, if you happen to have magic in the world, there's rules for magic. You have magic at least does things in a somewhat structured manner. Then you can piece it together in role playing as well that okay, I can use magic to solve this problem. Whereas if you say magic just exists, do whatever with it, then without having that underlying structure to it, then you're not going to think about nearly as many things with it in a lot of cases. It's like, you can just go, yeah, whatever, magic solves it. And it's like, okay, but how? Whereas if you have underlying rules to the structure like it doesn't have to be game rules specifically mm -hmm. just generic rules that you would have in say like a novel like you can't use both light magic and dark magic in the same spell they don't like each other they don't play well together right and it's like okay because this cannot go together this also implies that other things can like, this already gives you, like, just enough information for you to start piecing together extra information that was not actually explicitly stated. Mm -hmm. And you can start using this to solve problems, even if they're just role-playing, it's not mechanically. But you can be like, okay, well, obviously, light and fire shouldn't have problems so can i make a fire spell like take like that torch over there and just make it blindingly bright so that it actually can fill like this entire cavern with a single torch like this makes sense to be able to do this just off the top of my head 
And it's only because we just established that light and dark can't work together in a spell. But you saw like actual emergence of, you know, there's a logic to be had here. Uh, okay, I guess I didn't quite follow that. Um, Sorry, I might be kind of tired and... Uh, <laughs> I, I'm... I'm... No, no, no. I, I'm just like I'm not. I, I don't see how the the fire light thing necessarily follows from the light dark thing. I, I get what you're saying there, but then in the not so to me, what I hear is uh, uh, if the rule is light spells and dark spells cannot be combined in a novel, then the point of the novel for the character is to combine the light and dark spells at some point, and so that's that's the so that would be. It's a different context, right? Because the too. point, I'm sorry. You could do it that way too, but I actually well, prefer it when they actually do stick with the rules instead of exactly going against them. No, it's not going against them. The point is the, the point of the character is to develop the world. That's what the character, that, that's why the character is important. That's why their story matters. So the, 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 that's, a different kind of gameplay though because one is taking a stated environment and working with its confines and one is taking a stated environment and and trying to push it outside its confines and i'm not certain that i don't know I, I guess I'm trying to write ashes in such a way that it allows for that kind of uh that kind of development uh within the game. And I'm wondering if there's ways I can uh present players with rules that they then break as their their characters develop. So uh, that's an interesting thought. Um yeah, I I actually have Kind of that's why I have the the d sixes and d tens. Incidentally, there's there's ways of manipulating those that that uh, they unlock. Anyway, um, okay, are you going somewhere with that? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good enough. Nope. I was just, I was just, there was just a recurrent thought that I had uh, like a week ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, I wonder. Oh, yeah, I could make it such that, that the rules, that the players are allowed to uh, change the rules of the game as the game goes on. So, one thing I would like to, to argue against then mm -hmm. is what you were saying about the idea of it being two separate things where one is expanding the world and the other is working within the confines of the world. I would actually say they're both expanding the world because if you state like a specific rule, so mm -hmm. for example, we will keep the same example, I guess, of light and dark don't work together as well. You can either be like, I'll expand the world by specifying that under these adverse conditions actually you actually can make this work so that it can 
actually do something that we didn't think was possible. Right. But I think it's also a form of... That's the of, story of the second thing, though. Yeah, but I also think that it's expanding the world that as soon as you say A and B do not work, but because we've specified A and B don't work, then it implies that because this is an explicitly stated example, mm -hmm. that it implies that there must be a case of A and C work or A and D work because they're not explicitly listed otherwise. And no, they why don't does that follow imply the that? That's what, okay, so that's what I'm, that's what that's, I have a problem with, that's I guess, because I'm that's getting it doesn't, I don't, it does not, it does not imply that. Why does it imply that? Because it does not, magic is, does not, like the absence of, if you say light and dark magic don't work together, that does not imply all other magic, any other magics exist. The issue I have with that is that if you know extra information, like if you have other magics of any other kind exist, so it's not just light and dark. Let's say you have elemental or okay. summoning or any other type. As soon as you have any other information to work with, actually, you could create that yourself as well. You could say there are types other than those that would be expanding the world. Or you can say that because there are any other types, and it's like, okay, why does light and dark not work logically? Because they're polar opposites. Okay. So if something is not a polar opposite, that rule explicitly only limits things that are polar opposites from existing. Therefore, it implies you can mix other things. And the fact that it says you cannot mix these together suggests that somebody has tried to mix other things together, and it's probably worked but they've run it into a situation where this particular scenario doesn't. Like you can no, extrapolate. This, this not, no, it doesn't. Doesn't imply that at all. Sure it does. No, it doesn't. Why not? Because there could be any number of reasons why those things don't go together. It does not imply that nobody's tried it. It could okay. imply that somebody tried it and it went horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. And so there's a cultural stricture against putting light and dark together. Okay. Which is still under that description. Like, I'm not seeing the issue with this. Well, I'm just saying it's not, it's not necessarily that there, there's, a, there's an admixture problem there. It could be something that in terms of the fiction of the world is not simply the physics as you claim it interacting. Okay, what would it be in that case? Well, I'm, what do you mean, what would it be? It's the, it's, it's the, the, the people's the culture. Question. Not, it's the, the people's culture saying these two things don't mix, they're polar opposites. Okay, so you've basically expanded the world by thinking about the problem at the very least. I'm saying from if this was a physics thing, like you describe that these do not work because of no, this. You're implying reason. a physical worldview. You're implying a particular worldview. 
it, 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 you're implying that physics is a thing inside the world. Uh-huh. Why? Why wouldn't there be? I, I don't know. I don't know that I don't know that the world implies that it has physics necessarily. I, it, that, that, that work in such a way that they're describable all the time. I think sometimes worlds have uh, there's going to be exceptions that you don't understand. Well, but I'm saying it, like it, it, it seems to me that the world of Harry Potter does not have physics. Yeah, I think that is probably fair to say in that case. Okay, so so my point stands. So 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 I'm saying so I'm saying you ha you are implying a particular worldview, right? Onto a fiction, there are certainly fictions that can exist where physics do, like that. The, there's no explanation for any of the stuff that happens in Harry Potter. Like none of it. If they just literally say a wizard did it. Yeah, see, that's my issue. You can't really okay, extrapolate see, that out, though. Like, you can't... Like, the the biggest issue of this was, can you... You can, though. There are games like that already, so I, I, I don't... Yeah, I but don't know if to use your Harry Potter example, mm -hmm. if you have something that has listed rules, people can take those rules, they can build upon them. What about Harry Potter fanfiction? What's Every single one's the same thing. It's like, oh, you're a character that is going to Hogwarts because, and the things that happen are the things that happen in the books because, let's face it, there's nothing to really build upon. What? Okay, I don't read a lot of Harry Potter fan fiction, but I'm certain it's not all that. It basically is. Like, it, okay, it's so not you, like, you have a problem with the fan fiction you're reading, it sounds like. Uh, no, I have a problem with the setting. I I don't care about like that. It's this like is what I'm saying. This is yeah. this is my point. You have a problem with a setting and your so your setting has a particular worldview. No, my problem with that's the Harry Potter setting is that you can't really do much with it. If you look at it Clearly you can. Okay, what can you do with that? Get seven movies out of it. Which are literally just the same as the books. Like, you're not getting you get anything out, out of it. it. You're getting seven books. You're getting seven books yeah, of stories. So you can point, do something with it. No, my point is that other people are not able to build upon it. There's nothing really to build upon. It's just... I don't... I this don't is purely word of God just saying that... This happens. This exists. This new thing that is completely irrational also exists. People have tried to build this into something that's coherent because that's what people try to do. But humans are pattern recognition devices. They, There are people that have dedicated hundreds, sometimes thousands of hours, trying to plot out like how certain things work in I'm, I'm, I'm well aware i'm well I aware but, but my but, issue but, my point here yes is that they're trying to build something that makes coherent sense so that they can create their own stuff with it 
right. they failed repeatedly. Like there's but, somebody that I know I found that they they went through an enormous amount of math and like every single time that Rowling has ever given an interview, they've compiled all this information to try to figure out how many wizards there are in the world. And they oh haven't been able to get an accurate, like even a ballpark number within a factor of a hundred. Like it's really all over the place. And the problem with that is they wanted to know like, are there enough wizards to have like secret agencies of them? Are there enough wizards that they're like, how many schools should there be? Should there be rivalries? Should there be other uh, like terrorist organizations of wizards and stuff? And they can't figure the information out because there's because not enough information no, to work because from. They're, no, because they're modally confused. Not because there's not enough information to work from. They they are they are addressing the problem with the wrong mode of relation. Well, yeah, you'd have to just pull it out of your ass. No, <laughs> you make it coherent within the context of the story of the existing fiction. It Which doesn't mean pulling pull it, it out, out of your ass. That's how it's worked okay, so it, far. I, in the I story. understand that that's what you think. I but but. There is a rhythm and rhyme to story, and if you think that's not the case, then go write a story that's successful and tell me tell me how you do. Um, so uh, I'm not saying that's not the case, and I don't see where you came up with that that doesn't follow. Well, I'm saying that there is it's not just pulling it out of your ass. Coming up with a a, a story that's coherent is not just pulling it out of your ass, even though the physics of the world may not be a coherent, may, you may not be able to describe them theoretically, but that's not the point of a story. Like no, the point I, of the story is not to describe a reality. No, I realize that I'm not arguing that. I think you are. I don't believe that I am. So okay. that's an odd assertion to make. If that's what it sounds to me like. It sounds to me like you're saying that you are annoyed when there is an incoherent physics so that uh, it subvert, you can't do anything inside the story. Is that not your point? I'd say it's more along the lines of if there is something to work with, then you can work with it. If there's no consistency and things are just thrown together, I mean, you this... can throw anything together, but at that point, you're not building upon what exists because what exists isn't solid enough to hold on to. It's like just trying to mash two handfuls of water together. All you get is more water. Your contention is that the world of Harry Potter is not that has not not enough solidity to build on as far as story goes, or it's a bad setting for an RPG. I'd say it's more of an issue that 
it is diff it is very difficult for anybody who wants to work within that setting to actually work within that setting to build something new out of it what is what does build something new mean new characters, new plot lines, new stuff. Like, people can do this with Star Wars all the time. They can do it with My Little Pony. There's there's no issues with those. It's like, there's tons of issues with those. There's no issues with Star Wars? Are you joking me? I mean, there's issues with, you know, the Star Wars expanded universe now. There's no uh, there, okay. What? All right. So we're, hang on a second. I I can't tell where your argument's coming from. Like. So Star Wars, to me, Star Wars is radically inconsistent. Star Wars is way less consistent than Harry Potter. Like, yeah. a parsec is not a consistent feature of length, apparently, in Star Wars. So They've changed it's, that. It's, it's Space Wizards. It's Space Wizards, Cat. It is. It is, and I'm not having any <laughs> I'm saying there are actually some things that are built upon that are solid enough that you can extrapolate new information from it. Like I'm so, not seeing how that's different from Harry Potter. Okay, let's say we have a fairly like the force is literally a solve the plot gun. Like Yeah, some parts are just magic. But if you look at a lot of the other stuff, <laughs> I think like, you're failing. No, it's it's that it's not. It doesn't have to be a hundred percent absolutely true through the entire setting. And if there's one small gap in it, then the entire thing falls apart because that's not how fiction works. I agree. What I'm what I'm saying is, if you have something where there are certain parts that are solid enough that you can work with them. So say light speed. We have issues with light speed, but for the most part, people generally know that light speed is not infinite speed. We know that it does interact with the world around it. Like you have to actually make sure that you don't go through a star or you die stuff like that like these are consistent enough features that people have written more uh -huh. stuff that have built upon these things in ways that it becomes interesting and new information that was not originally listed in the original trilogy it's not in any of the the science of uh, Star Wars books or anything like that. It's like, this is new stuff. Somebody else just wrote it for an, a novel or fan fiction or their own role-playing or whatever. Like, they're like, there's something here. I've got enough of a grasp of it that I think I know how it works. So when a new question pops up that I don't know the answer to, I can actually look at this and say, I think I know enough of this that I I roughly know what will probably happen because of it. Like there's new information being created because 
previous information exists. Mm -hmm. In the Harry Potter side of things, it's so gaseous that there's there's not really anything that you can derive in that way because it's like, is there anything in Harry Potter that you can't that you can take the original information like this is in the book I understand it well enough I can make a new thing out of it like I can say there's this new scenario that happens like and with the information that's in the books I can reasonably estimate what would happen in that scenario and for the most part the answer is not really because there's so much that's just well it seemed like a good idea at the time and it's entirely inconsistent in the books it's just whatever seemed to make sense at the time so whatever you try to extrapolate from it is going to be whatever seems to make sense at the time not something that's there's enough information that it seems to make sense every time I come back to this. Anyway, my, anyway, the, in terms of a setting, I do think having some solid rules is important, but I think it's also important to have lots of gaps and open spaces to work in. It's just, you need to have something as a foundation to build upon for most people like i mean there's some people they'll come up with something creative and amazing no matter what but most of your user base isn't like that the vast majority of people they need to have enough of a basic framework that they can see what's going to be built off of that Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't disagree that they need people need a basic framework. I'm just, I I think the extent to which they need it for exploiting physics uh, is generally low. I mean, I don't think I just don't think that's that's that that I I think that's something that is not necessary. I mean, in in most regards, I, I I feel like you're overvaluing its importance. Well, I don't mean just physics either, though. Like that is a very okay. obvious example. Or or magical but... physics, magic's rules, right? That there are rules for magic that you can you can exploit, whatever they are. Right. However, you like if there are science rules, it's a science fiction game. Or if it's cyberpunk rules, and there's like net whatever you want. Like like so, the way Steve Jackson cyberpunks, uh, GURP cyberpunk does um, net running is very much that thing. It's like you have the GM basically creates a network like a dungeon, and uh, that's you go from like node to node and sort of try and exploit it using the rules of, of the game. Um, 
because that's assumed that that's what's desired. So, but like I, you know, and, and in fate, if it's you, you have, you would have uh, a character that's skilled with uh, computers has an aspect that's hacker related, and then maybe has a stunt that allows them to do it. Um, you know, in the middle of uh, in the like in one round or maybe two rounds. So I don't know a stunt that helps them really be really good at it. And so all of those things come together, but one of those things is relies upon the player, not the character understanding the rules of the system enough to develop their own exploit or solve the puzzle. And the other is relying on the player to uh, fully embody their characters, role-playing aspects. Hmm. Character aspects. I don't think it needs to be just physics. Uh, I think it's I, just. I just. Yeah, I, I, I realize. I'm just getting back to the the previous point, but then I'm going to get back to where you are, which is that I think it's more closer to what you were saying. Like, as long as there's anything that is clearly defined in the game or the setting, or the rules, or anything. As long as there's something that's clearly defined that this works, and something else is clearly defined as this works as well, and there's an open space between them of how they interact, then there's room for people to be like, okay, we can probably do something with this. It doesn't have to be physics of the world but that's a pretty clear example of it it's a lot harder to come up with purely narrative examples off the top of my head especially since i really am kind of tired still but <laughs> so i'm having problems thinking as clearly as i would like to be for for this discussion mm-hmm. but I do think that as long as you have something that you can build upon because it has something established and something that is open-ended, if you have those two things, you can put them together in interesting ways. But you have to have something that's established to do that. If nothing is established, if everything is just open in the air like anything goes then you're in no better a position than if you were doing but when is that the case i i you're i don't when what do you what do you when is that ever the i don't understand when that's the case i don't understand what you're what what scenario you're attacking like where it's where it's groundless i just don't see it like if the setting is set up in such a way that everything is ruled by fiat there's no consistent rules to anything like if you don't have consistent rules about like how you get into a particular okay let's go to the um the Thing with Harry Potter again, there's there's not proper consistent rules for how you get into a particular house within Hogwarts. There's not a particular 
right. consistent set of rules for how you choose who is going to win the most points at the end of a given school year because they can just be changed at the last moment and therefore anything that you've worked towards or earned is completely arbitrary. Like, there's no consistency in anything in the setting, not the, not the physics even, but there's no consistency even in interpersonal re relationships at all, even with the same character. Like the same character can behave completely arbitrarily in any given situation. You have no way to predict how a given character is going to act oh, wow. at all. I, I really, okay, well, I, all right, uh, that uh, I don't uh, see where you're coming from on that perspective. Uh, I, that it that's that seems, uh, uh, the, the, I, I mean, the characterization in Harry Potter seems particularly strong to me. So I'm not sure where where uh, you're getting that. Like you can pretty much trust those characters to be archetypes. I mean that that to me is the point. Um, so they're 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 you know consistent almost to a fault but uh sure okay i if that's the what your perspective is i can't really argue with your perspective but i'm just saying that's not mine and i don't think well doesn't matter <clears throat> um i i will point out that i have not really read a whole hell of a lot of Harry Potter, because oh, I really so you don't know what you're like talking it. about. No, thank you. Good. No, <laughs> I will say that I've gone through the first book. And oh man, okay. Well, now the truth comes out. Good. Now you you yes. haven't read them. Yeah, not all of them. No. Well, not enough to know what the. <laughs> okay, so good. Thank Maybe you. Maybe there's more stuff later on that. Maybe there's more stuff later on in seven books. That makes the world make sense. Yes, maybe. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. But I'm just, you're, 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 yeah. Well, there you go. Um, if you want to retcon like a bunch of stuff or add more stuff in, I'm totally fine with that. But from what I've seen, from what I've seen and talked to from, people that have been fanatics over this setting they basically agreed that it does have a huge level of inconsistency but that like this is one of the most common complaints about the setting And I don't know what else I can say other than I've talked to people that are entirely invested in this thing and they said that there's this problem and from what I've seen in my own looking into it, it's like, yeah, that seems to be accurate. I yeah. mean, I could go through and do no, like a ton more research. I just it, don't I, it, see a point in it. I don't see a point either. 
I'm just I I I am I am uh I suppose uh it's weird to use it as an example when you're not familiar with its with, with why uh, with, when you're not familiar with it and it seems like it seems weird to attack it when uh as something that's not solid because of uh well I I you know what I can't say you're wrong about the fan fiction. I definitely like that. Some of that stuff has bubbled to the top for me too, even though I don't pay attention to that stuff at all. <clears throat> and <clears throat> yeah, you're probably not wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not I mean, you know, I, I, I'm over here arguing the point almost on principle because like, uh, I mean, because it's effective, right? Like there's something to be said for it being effective. And it can't if it's if it's effective and it's and it's and it's mythologically and archetypically consistent. Like Rowling did her research on that stuff at least. Um, and so I don't have an so, issue with that. Well, but that's you do, but you're you're you think you have an issue with the consistency of the world, but the consistency of the world is is myth consistency. It's not it's not descriptive of a story that happened consistency. Like she blends the two on purpose because that's what she's trying to do. But the the world operates uh like almost as a mythopoetic expression, not a not a physical reality. Um I forget what I was saying there. Oh right, the fan fiction. Yeah, the fan fiction is bad because they don't that understanding isn't there, and they are treating it as a, uh, you know, a physical reality when they should be treating it as a mythopoetic expression, and they don't because that's not that's not a worldview that's taught, and so they don't have access to it. So it's not surprising, but that's why it feels inconsistent. I would say. And I'm not even entirely sure what you mean by mythopoetic. In terms of um, uh, the story, the 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 archetypal stories that undergird myth, like Harry Potter is based on those, right? It's based on like like the the houses of of apart from Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff is the weird one, but. Uh, the houses are like the magical, the magical creatures, the eagle, the griffin, uh, the, the the serpent, and then Hufflepuff, which is human. Basically, it should be the, the fourth corner is man. But like um, that's that's in Hermetic. So there's a lot of references and 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 stuff to. Um, you know, Hermetic tradition, like sort of like dime store hermetic tradition stuff and um western esotericism and a, a bunch of that stuff and it's pretty consistent like her her use of like certain woods and stuff like that for certain wands and as particularly in the first couple books were good um towards the later ones i think there's they get more more harry potter ish and less there's less like uh it felt to me at least like there was less real world uh, esoteric stuff in there, but there was still a lot. And 
you know, particularly the 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 basilisk and and the philosopher's stone being so central in the first book are very much all about the Western alchemy. So if you those if those symbols are understood, then that story makes a hell of a lot more sense. Uh, and if those symbols are not understood in terms of what what their what those symbols quote unquote backstory is, uh, then it it doesn't make as much sense and it seems like it's arbitrary and weird. But there's a reason the story works as a story. Despite the fact that the elements that make it up are strange. Like Pinocchio, right? Like Pinocchio is gets his dad gets swallowed by a whale and then they set chairs on fire to get out. Like what that's the that's not a that's not a description of a physical reality. That's a that's a story that's about rescuing uh tradition from the abyss basically uh so it, there's you can't judge those on that those aren't those aren't the same kind of expression ones like describing things as they are have been and are going to occur you know somewhat deterministically and then ones describing like here's the big picture as it has occurred many 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 times and the distillation of that is basically this, and it's going to express in this particular way with these particulars, but it's going to express roughly in this way. And this is not a description of things. This is a description of relations. So I think I I I don't know. I think that's I think that's where the confusion comes in, where where people get sidetracked on consistency in uh, fictional settings. Yeah, I can, are, so I can see that being a significant issue. Yeah, especially if it's like, you know, if it looks like it's describing one thing, but it's describing something entirely different. Yeah, I can see why that would be confusing to people. Like, if it's all basically metaphorical, but there's not proper indication of such. Right. Well, I mean, the proper indication is that it's called Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone <laughs> to me. <laughs> you know, yeah, but even though, I mean, to your some... point, to your point that like they actually have a, like a rock in the story. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, but my my issue there is is this presented for the audience that it's working towards? Like, is, mm, is this going to be something that, you know, do, does your average 10 year old have enough information about like alchemy and mythology mm. to understand this, this? Well, here's the thing. Yes. That's why it works for 10 year olds because they actually, because it makes sense in some, in some way, they don't actually know how they can't just, they wouldn't be able to articulate it, but they for better able to replicate it. Uh, no, no, they're not because they, because they can't articulate it. Uh, but that's not you, but articulation is not the same thing as experiencing something real. So, yeah, I think that's, that's fair to be, said as well but this mm -hmm. is 
in terms of the game design side of things, mm-hmm. like especially for building upon stuff like for where we were getting at with the idea of like building your own setting or building your own game roles or creating new characters within the setting. If you can't articulate this, if you can't build upon it yourself, then it's not really going to work as an RPG all that well. Like, you have to actually tell people what you're doing with it. So, for example, Bluebear's Bride, you've mentioned a couple of times. Mm -hmm. This works specifically because it tells the players exactly what they are and what's happening. Yeah. That, yes, you are an aspect of this character's psyche. You are not a full character in and of yourself. Which, if you did not have that context, you could not play that game in any meaningful way. Right. No, I think I think that's absolutely true. That context is very important. But like it doesn't but also but that context is what lets you know that you're not operating in a in a um world where the physics matter, you know. Um Yeah. And and to your point, yeah, you're right. So like the way the way some things it's hard to tell, right? Because novels are written with words and words are not symbols, and so you think they're describing something real because usually that's what words do but they're, they're kind of not <laughs> in that sense they're they're telling this story and the key i mean the, the idea that the language though like, like yeah it does. it does i will say that it does matter because like there are some languages like mm-hmm. chinese for example where this the words that are used like they are built on symbology if you don't understand the symbology around like that oh these different words they're all based on the actual pictures that you use to write the word this actually changes the meaning of the word like if you do not know that and you don't know that like these words are using the same picture and that uh, which one it was off the top of my head because I don't speak Chinese myself, but somebody had pointed out that like um there was I believe it was home like the the actual icon for it is like importance is inside of like the icon for castle. Like your home is where you keep it important things Mm -hmm. basically it's like this is actual symbology that actually it's their context and relational yeah their context specific yeah Yeah. and it's not something that we have in english because english is just thrown together from like a half dozen different languages of who the conqueror of the week of england was well not exactly it's it's in english it's just not it's not it's yeah, it's it's quite hidden, but not consistent. I I'd, I'd say that right. there's well it, yeah there, there are... but it is it's in fits and starts like a lot of the Greek based words 
they'll fit together in a way that makes sense. Sometimes you'll get ones from other English words that were added based on like the Greek or the Latin and like it does kind of make sense, but it's like it's extremely inconsistent. Yeah, it doesn't it was it has not been isolated long enough to develop its own uh, symbolism around the like how the words are written. Um, there are so there are subcultures that do that, but but not it's it's not we don't have a universal culture that does that like like for example like the El elder futhark or the younger futhark runes all have you know are used to as an alphabet but they're all they all they have individual meanings also so when you read runes you are doing you are doing both I mean, this is good in some cases, though. Like, I, I think this is potentially really useful for, you know, building up things that, you know, players in an RPG can actually use to expand upon, like, what's there. And that is kind of part of the point here, like, it, we do want to have the ability to mod things to suit our purposes. If we have, like, symbology, if we have something that there's a consistently understood meaning that you can work with, and once you see, like, a pattern emerging, then it's okay. You can use that pattern in the future. If there's no discernible pattern, then you can't really work with it in any way that... No, really if you happens. can't discern the pattern, don't work with it is what you're saying. Well, I don't necessarily mean that you shouldn't. It's just that it becomes extremely difficult to do so. Like, you can probably still do something with it or try to create some pattern which may or may not exist. But yeah, I think I think it's probably that it's going to be easier for most people involved that if they if they don't under if they can't see what parts there are to work with or how they can fit together, then they're not really going to get nearly as much out of it as if they actually see what works. If they see, like, the particular pieces that exist, that this is the patterns, and can I create any new information from these patterns? Because I, I think that's really what the core of most of this comes down to is can I build something off of it? Like, do I understand it enough? Is there enough stuff in there that forms a pattern that I recognize that I can make use of it? 
That's probably a better way to put it than calling it, like, solid stuff. That was not a very good analogy or metaphor or whatever it was earlier. I don't know. Brains. Mm. But I think this is a better way to put it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I'm waiting for you to say, no, everything's wrong. No, that sounded right to me. I, I mean, I, I think I think patterns are about like, yeah, about as good as we get. Like, you know, we can have patterns of consistency and patterns that don't appear consistent, but like they do in a different from a different perspective. So, I mean, I think it's about what. I mean, as always, it's just it just comes down to what. What you're trying to do, like. You know, if you wanted to, if you want to have a consistent rule set that describes a world such that players can exploit the can exploit the rules you lay out, like, and that's a part of your design. I think that's really cool, and I think that's a perfectly valid way to design a game. It's like it's the opposite of what I'm doing for Ashes because, uh. I, I'm I'm sort of assuming exploits at the basic level. <laughs> so it's like I'm just letting them have the exploits and I'm saying, great, you get the exploits. Uh now that you have that, what's your character like? What do you do with it? So it's asking a different question. It's not like asking what happens, it's more like what what you know. Is that what you wanted, really? I suppose. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it's it's. Uh, I'm I'm considering. It's just a different. Siri uh, thought I was talking to her. Uh, that was weird. Well, why weren't you talking to Siri? Well, because she. I don't need anything from my phone. <laughs> So she does not need to attend to me. More pictures. Of I don't know why I call her she, because she has a female voice. I'm assuming her gender. <laughs> Although, no, it actually, I'm not assuming her gender because the setting is female. So it's pretty clear. It's labeled. So at least in that way, I'm not assuming it. I'm reading it. I could change it to British. If I wanted. <laughs> I'm not sure this is any better, but sure. Where's the Siri voice changey thing? I want to do it. I want to change it now. Here we go. Yeah. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. Yep. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose oh. the voice you'd like me to use. Oh, it doesn't. It's doing a thing. Oh, I have <laughs> put my phone on hold while it downloads something. <laughs> no, it's not doing anything. All right, cool. Uh, smooth. smooth. <laughs> 
Um, doobie doobie doo. Kind of want a milkshake, not hot chocolate. One of those two things. Obviously, milkshake. Always milkshake. Always milkshake. I, oh yeah, that was actually good in conversation with someone earlier today. It's like I don't understand why soda exists or pop or whatever you call it when you when milkshakes exist. Sometimes you don't want to have like a thousand calories per 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 serving. Sometimes, I mean, soda yeah. got a lot. I mean, I I agree with you. I don't drink soda at all. So, I mean, that's not true. If Let you were see. worried what, what... about your health, you wouldn't be having soda. So, <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm, I I don't really. I mean, the sodas I have are no zero sugar sodas. So, they're there's carbonated water with some flavoring in them, for the most part. Yeah, it just uh, seems odd to me that that it's like we have something that is just superior. better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what would be the reason that you wouldn't have this? It's like, well, you were worried about your health. It's like, okay. But clearly you're not having the soda because you're worried about your health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this kind of rules that out as the purpose. Well, it doesn't rule it out. There's there, there's degrees, Kat. There's a, there's a spectrum there's of not. being worried about. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, I think we probably actually, I don't know if we've exhausted the topic, but I think we've exhausted we had a our topic? attention span for it. Oh, yes. That's for certain. Which... If we're talking about milkshakes. <laughs> That's the evidence. Kind of. Though, to be fair, milkshakes are pretty well. So yeah, so. pretty. They're pretty good. Absolutely. Uh, there's a couple places near me. Hmm. I don't know. There's an actual milkshake bar in Vancouver, across the river, but it's only got two stars. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna go. Wait, how? Can... Yeah, I know two stars. Right? It seems like. What happened? Sure. Like they must have they must have terrible servers or something. Oh, I see. They're they're like a party place. They make like giant, giant like milkshakes with like cookies in them and stuff. Oh, those yeah. I never understood that either. It's like one star. A, oh, good. This... Yeah, it's not a milkshake. It's a cake that has that is poured into a cup. Yeah. Like, you can't drink that if there's just, like, literally whole cookies in it. That's that's no longer a liquid. Oh, because it's expensive. That's why the, the one starts. Okay, so it's like... It's a highly specialized shop. Specialized yep. shops tend to be very... One Excellent. thing of ice cream and five tiny cake pops for $40. <laughs> oh my god, they're not joking. They're expensive. Holy shit. Oh my. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, ice cream sundae for $18. Wow. Okay, never mind. That's like, so you're eat. that's your meal. That's That's dinner. I guess, well, they are big. Jesus. Okay. Well, I'm doing a 
friggin' ice cream reviews now. This is now a flail forward. Let's see. <laughs> We're on uh, Cool Moon Ice Cream. Let's see. Well, that looks like, oh, that's good. They're cool. Are going to be like, what's... Actually, no. No, if you've listened to this before at this point, you're going to be like, you know, they haven't even deviated that far from the topic compared to normal. Again, I did not know we had a topic. I was just talking to you, but sure. There was, was design. Trying box. to maintain the idea of, you Why? know, modding games, kind of. Nah, like, that's fine. <laughs> we, we weren't talking about modding. I, I mean, we're, modding we, didn't, we didn't talk about designing our games to be modded at all because, I mean, I haven't. I mean, I can see where it could be. And I think you do too, but I don't think you've designed your game to be modded. To a degree, I have, but uh, what do you mean to? Okay, oh, I mean, you're just talking about absolutes, and you're like, dude, to a degree. Yeah, yeah. I'd say like there are definitely certain things that are definitely meant to be modded in the game, like you know, new species. Somebody's already doing that. Oh yeah, adding to list is not modding though. Changing how mechanics work. Yeah, that would be modding. Mm, that'd be more modding, but I'd say there's still adding to something that like something like Hi, just I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. There she is, British Siri. There you go. I'd still consider it to be within the umbrella of modding, but it's like not to the same extent as actually changing how the mechanics work. But there's definitely like like homebrew stuff in general. Okay. Like if if you include everything that's considered to be homebrew, I still consider that to be a form of modding. Just. Maybe not as extensive. Like, I would say there's probably a scale between, like, just adding to something that already exists. Like, here's mm-hmm. a list of feats for D&D. It's like, I added a new feat. It's like, yeah, that's, that's fair. Modern. Yeah, then yeah, fair. You yeah, go yeah. to a more extensive one of, like, here's, I've added, uh, I've completely reworked how magic works. Because the magic system pisses everybody off in D and D, apparently, like mm-hmm. it's usually the first thing people change, mm-hmm. which is weird because it's like such a large part of the game. The and it's like, yeah. yeah, let's just completely change like this entire thing, and it's like, okay, this must be bothering people a lot. If this is like one of the least easy things to change but everybody gravitates towards doing it first thing yeah and then when they they left it out of fourth edition everybody complained so what are you gonna do yeah i i don't i don't think we can no you're you're just screwed no matter what yeah i feel bad for them for having to deal with that uh yeah flagships are like tough to steer yeah man it's it's i don't i don't envy anybody in that position that's 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 difficult and uh if if you're doing it good job like but yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't want to yeah but that's like that'd be like the first and second tier and third tier is like fuck it i give up i i'm just creating my own game mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and that could be 
potentially broken into a fourth tier of fuck it, I'm going to create my own game. This time it's not going to be a heartbreaker. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey man, listen, everybody's gotta create their heartbreaker. Everybody has to do it. Like where what if it's for D D or not, whatever whatever you do, you're gonna do it. And just it's best to do it, get it out of the way. Enjoy it. You know, make it make it cool. Make it as make it as cool as you can. Uh but uh yeah, realize that you're gonna make one. I certainly did. I mean, cats, cats, cats is like the like an uh, like the craziest heartbreaker I've ever seen. Almost like the only thing that's still there is like a D twenty. I, I don't even know if I'd call that a heartbreaker, especially not, because no, it no. wasn't a D twenty originally. <laughs> oh, never mind then. It but, actually but, to, to be fair. To be fair, listen when we when we when we first like got together when we first like met and like we were still talking we were talking about like. You know, a, a, a huge chunk of our formative design intuition was based around not not execute like executing on D and D's failed promises. And that's I don't know if that's I'd say more that it was this not is their mechanics. What... I'm just saying their failed promises. Like they, no, there's I, a certain I, yeah. Like I'm not. I'd say it's more this is what I wanted out of D&D and it mm -hmm. promised and it failed to deliver therefore this is what I wanted from it for the most part. I mean you could have just I said yes. Scope a bit but yeah. <laughs> you could have just agreed with me. <laughs> like yes that that's the case that we both wanted we were both looking for like in some sense to get the the experience that we wanted out of the game that we enjoyed. But weren't yeah. getting, yeah. Um, I mean, if and, you put it that way, then total yes. It's yeah. just the the way it was phrased didn't okay. sound right. <laughs> but if that's what you mean, then totally, yeah. Yeah. Like, if it's if you break it down to just this is what we wanted out of it, and we didn't get it, and this is what we're going to do to get to get what we wanted one way or another, then. Yeah, technically, it'd be a heartbreaker in a way. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Me too. I mean, it's it's not that now for sure. Like, you know, but it's it it started there. I, I I wouldn't say it didn't. Like it, there's, you know, like the very first version of War Mage was very much like I want to do D and D style adventures with when where everybody has a party of adventurers. That was, that was. That was the conceit. And there's fate magic. But that's the reason that's the reason there's a leader of a party of adventurers because like those dudes act as force multipliers, right? So that was the whole idea. That was to, it was just like I would like to I would I, I think it would be fun to play D D like this for me. Like it would be cool to have like, you know, a troop of guys and you kind of you call it, you know, uh, it's like uh, it's it's like having your team of GI Joes versus your buddy's team of GI Joes type thing. Yeah. Um, they're recreating that kind of like I, I I get to make this little team and you get to make this little team and, and they're also the Final Fantasy thing of uh building building a party uh and and or having the Diablo character where you're basically your own D and D troop 
Um, yeah, strangely enough, I actually had somebody show me a game called Darkstone yesterday, which is very weird. It's a Diablo game mm-hmm. where you get a party, and it's based very extremely loosely on D&D's rules. Hmm. Like, extremely, extremely, extremely loosely. <laughs> this came I, out in July... Wait, this can't... Darkstone, July 1999? Yeah. It, it, it's one of the earlier ones, apparently. Wow. PlayStation 1. But yeah, it's it was weird because it's like... It's, it's a Diablo game with a party. Hmm. Which is really weird. Also, there's a lot of problems with the party mechanics. Like, for example... I, I, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, but one of the things that actually stood out to me as an issue for it was, uh-huh. you know, casting a spell. Like, you literally get Magic Missile, except it works nothing like Magic Missile. So, like, it fires a spell in a straight line. And it will hit your party member destroying the spell, but it doesn't do friendly fire damage. It just means that your warrior that's standing in front of the enemy to protect your mage from getting hit is eating your spells, so you have to maneuver around behind them. It's weird. Hmm. But... Yeah, it's just one of those weird things that it's like, yeah, there's, there is a party system for a Diablo game. So it, it does exist. I did not know about this before yesterday. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool. Yeah, but that was the conceit. That was the original idea. It was just, it was like, I want to do, I want to do a game of that's, you know, tactical, tacticals. I mean, it was like Irving combat, uh, not dungeon combat, because I never thought dungeon combat made any sense. But that was my my conceit, uh, and uh, yeah, that was that was that was the original, very clearly, very very basic. But now, clearly, what you really wanted was fantasy battle attack. Uh not 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 far off. <laughs> I mean, simpler, simpler for sure. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, it very, very. I mean, it means very much like, like when I read Thirteenth Age, it was like very much like so much of what I was trying to do already. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, well, cool then. I mean, uh, problem solved. I don't need to make this. I can do something I, else with it. Yeah, the combat was very like, oh, this is kind of a solved thing already, and I solved. I mean, it was like, I there was there was enough convergent design that I was like, oh, I'm on the right path. And or at least I'm on I'm on the path that I think I want to be on, at least, even if it's not the right one. Um, uh, mm. Because of how their their range bands, those uh, they have range bands uh, and the way they're uh, way some of the um, the magic works. Is, is is similar in some ways, so it's, it was really cool to see. Um, yeah, I've been thinking. Or about, the way to combat. I've actually been yeah. thinking about mm-hmm. like 
dealing with range and potentially having range bands included and simplifying like a lot of the movement. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I can get it to work the way I'd want to, but it might be possible. Yeah. Well, you're in that phase where it's like you're you're picking it apart every all the time. Yeah, I need to break things down to their most streamlined form of it. Like as it as it works right now, you could only play it either on a tabletop or you could play it with uh like an online method like roll twenty or uh Mm-hmm. fantasy ground something yeah, like yeah. that and it's like i have actually run combat without that but mm-hmm. i've only honestly been able to do it because when i was doing that nobody was using things like knockback and there's uh, a lot of that in the game like there's right. a lot of ways to do that so because I wanted to be able to do stuff like what you'd see in something like Dragon Ball Z, for example, where you knock someone through a mountain. Like, this is normal stuff. You should be able to do this on a regular basis in a magical environment. It's like I, uh, the ogre uproots the tree and uses it as a baseball bat and knocks you through like a brick wall. It's like, this is something that you should be able to do in the game. If you can't do it, and you just hit the wall and stop, it it feels like it's missing something important. Why does it need to be mechanized, though, is my, is, I guess would be my question. Because I would just make that a feature of the ogre being a thundering badass, but... Yeah, I kind of want it to be... I, 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 Consistency. I, no, I know what you see. The thing is, because I have the same feeling, right? Because, like, when I read like games like Apocalypse World and the weapons in Apocalypse World are like D8, uh, messy. And I'm like, ah, ah that's not enough. There's like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's not enough there for me. Like, it, I do want there to be things like I can, if, like, I like the imagery of the concept of I punt the kobold across the room and it runs in, it gets thrown into the other kobolds and you hear bowling pin sounds. Right. Like, so the question is, the question is how you get there. Do you get there through stacking rules interactions? Or do you get there by just saying the player gets to do it? Uh, the problem is if you say the player just gets to do it, and it's like, okay, what happens then? And it's like, how far across mm-hmm. the room can I punt the cobalt? It's like, right. it starts getting into things that it becomes fiat or... Not necessarily. For 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 me, it's like, it it's a matter of degree. So like, if it was... So if it was, I don't, we don't do that in Ashes, but where that would, where something like that, where a matter of degree comes up like that, it's like how big of an advantage is conferred is what 
is measured there. So like how far across the room you punt the kobold is like, okay, do you punt him far enough that he is away from your, he can't attack anybody anymore? That's one, that would be one thing of advantage. Do you punt him away in such a way that he can't attack anymore and he runs into his buddies and they're now to disadvantage? Well, that would be two things. So now, for, so in Ashes, that would be, that's how you would gauge that. It was just like, you get to describe one narrative occurrence and then you do, and then it, it's similar to Houses of the Blooded where they have like a sort of yes and thing for their, um, for their uh, dice successes. So like every, every time you, you get a success in their thing, you get to add another clause to your sentence, basically. Uh, so it's, I can see it's the similar reason. to that, but it's yeah. it's more constrained than Houses of the Blooded System because I because I force the players to set priors and stakes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I, I I can definitely see the the reasoning behind this, and it's not a bad setup. It's also, again, it just doesn't feel like enough for me either because it basically breaks everything down into essentially advantage or disadvantage again. And I actually did not like that change in 5th edition D&D, because, like, there's some things that it'd be nice if they did something other than advantage or disadvantage, especially since they don't stack in that setting. So it's like... I think maybe you're misinterpreting what I'm saying in, as far as how the mechanic works. The... <clears throat> That uh, what what advantage or disadvantage was conferred are bits, and the bits are translate into narrative. So, okay. The yeah, it's not just like you get this bonus because of narrative. It's you achieve success, therefore you get to narrate thing, and the narr the narration. So like in that inside that narration, you can do. You can do all the wacky shit that you like, but it stops at the at that clause sort of thing. It's like you get this particular bonus, and then like, but if you stack, like if you if you know, because you're a one of the faded, you can just like I just want to keep rolling dice because fuck this guy. Yeah. Yeah. See. So yeah, and then I you can just do you can do literally you can literally knock somebody through a mountain if you wanted to. You could just like watch this and uh, hit them thus and yeah do something really insane if you want it but then the, the consequences of that would be fate would maybe rebound in a bad way for you who knows yeah the issue is that doesn't have like that standardizes the effects it does not standardize the action like i actually think I prefer standardizing the action rather than the effect. So it's like, if I am capable of punting the cobalt, we'll say, you know, 10 feet, we'll say. Mm -hmm. In one scenario, ah, that's I enough see. that I can punt them into their friends. Okay, that's great. In another scenario, they were standing near a cliff. I punted them off the cliff. Right. I don't In... assume stasis. Yeah. So I don't assume I don't assume a static character that has capabilities. Right. Because that's not how things work. 
So, so you don't know you can do the thing until you try. So I never outline players' capabilities. I don't the ad that way in terms of this is what you get if you attempt a strength thing. You get you can lift a hundred pounds. I do not say anything like that because that is a delineation of fact, and that's not something the game does. Yeah, that is something that I I feel lacking when that's not there. I well, I can definitely understand why mm-hmm. people are okay without it, but it's also the kind of thing that it just bugs me when it's like, can I pick up this rock? Well, I picked it up yesterday, right. but I don't know that I can pick it up today. It's like... No, no, no. It's already established that you can pick it up. You already, we already, if you picked it up yesterday, you can do it. And that helps, but the fiction is the fiction until something changes the fiction. It's not it. it that's where the consistency comes from. Yeah, that that helps to a degree. Though it's like if we know that the rock is a hundred pounds, then it, under that well, assumption, you should always be able to lift a hundred pounds. Uh, that's not the case at all. Have you have you ever tried lifting a human body as opposed to a hundred pounds of dead a uh, hundred pounds of barbells? Vastly different. True, though only I I will say I have only done that in viscera cleanup detail, which is a horror analogy. <laughs> but I I get I can tell from having played that that it would probably be a lot more awkward. It, yeah, a hundred pounds is not a hundred pounds. It makes it like it, it's such a fake number that RPGs had to use to like figure out how much you could carry, like. 100 pounds of gear distributed across your body is nothing. 100 pounds of gear in a backpack fucking sucks. Like it it's a big difference. You know, like it's a very it's a huge like in carrot like carrot that's a carrying capacity thing. Lifting is a, a different thing because knowing how to lift is a skill. That actually did exist separately in Right, but it's it's strength is generally what's represented, right? So let's not change the goal. Let's not. No, but I mean, it was actually listed in D and D second edition for the uh, the players' option books. Like they broke the stats separately, and strength was different between like raw lifting capacity and. Why is that? Is that is that countering the point? Or I'm not. No, I'm I'm just saying it agrees. It it was something that was actually done. Yeah, it did exist for a while, and they removed it for some reason. Well, because it's complicated. No, it's dumb. But the, the, the whole point is that you don't, you can't like. The, there's no consistent amount of feeling that weight is. Like a hundred pounds of wet sand does not feel like the same as a hundred pounds of gold. Like they're different. And so I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like there, there's there's qualitative differences that are not accounted for in oh, the the raw number, and if the raw number is what you're going off of, then you can expect all kinds of wacky inconsistencies in the story. However, if what the like this guy is a strong person, what, how strong is this person? Well, they're as strong as roughly two normal people. So. Let's say a normal person can weigh fifty, you know, lift fifty pounds unaided. This person can weigh, lift like a hundred pounds unaided. So that's 
so now now we have a ballpark and now we can say like oh this door is stuck all this guy is like two guys now he can try and force through it without without too much without too much effort like you know there but there's that's the consistency that that builds that you should build up over the not by virtue of the fact that you're writing stuff on the character sheet before the game but by virtue of the unfolding of the story builds the consistency not Mm -hmm. a number on the character sheet that's my as as far as that's how i feel yeah i actually prefer to know that in advance because it's part of what makes the character who they are rather than establishing it during this story like i'm fine with it changing during this story but but that's about the same level of range that i use so like for example if you have strength one basically there you go you have the strength of a normal person if you have strength two you have basically the strength of a an olympic athlete who uh lifts weights for her living if you have strength three basically physical limitation in reality of like what muscles could theoretically lift like you're basically an astartes from 40k or something like the only way to get stronger at this point is to physically increase your size or start using magic strength six is god tears like literally you are atlas you can hold the world on your back okay but so that's that's okay so that's part of the modal confusion yeah yeah I, i'm right that's <laughs> you you shade from lifting stuff into mythological category yep i mean D does this too right so it's not like you're 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 i mean that's yeah <clears throat> no, but I think I think it's I think it's confused. I think it's I think it's a in terms of in terms of what you want to get out of a story. I think it's measuring the wrong thing. Maybe I I find that if I don't have this, it actually bugs me. So I I think it mm-hmm. it is uh, the kind of thing that I'm going to include just because it would bother me to no end if it wasn't there. Why? Because I wouldn't basically have any structure for knowing what's going to happen. Right. Like, it doesn't have why, to be... Why do you need to know what's going to happen? Because I tend to view things from a method of Here's what tools I have. Here's what I can do with these tools. Like, I tend to prefer to look at things that way. If I don't have an idea of what I have to work with, and it's like, I don't know, just try it and we'll see if it works. It's like, that. that's not how reality works for me. That's not how... I process information, it would drive me nuts. Like, I need to have something pre-established that, like, this is a strong character, this is roughly how strong they are. I don't need, like, exceedingly specific details, but I need to have, like, a rough ballpark to I su- to know yeah. what I have to work I f- with. I, I think I understand 
your point. I suppose my I suppose where the divergence is is something like I think that character I only care about whether that character's strong relative to their environment and the others around them. The like the quality of their absolute strength doesn't really concern I don't I don't I don't find that to be a concern. I find that most of the time that's not what's salient to the story unless something about the story is getting extremely granular and then it really matters <clears throat> like how much like those tiny little differences matter but mm. when those moments occur they should I mean, to me, that should that sort of granularity should happen when mm, it's hard to articulate how to put this. Let me see. It's it's it should kind of be when the a lot of things are stacked on both sides of that equation, and so like the the the, the granularity comes from like you have to either like like zoom way in to see where the actual fulcrum of action is so it's not going to take place at the social level like it's not a social movement it's not um taking place inside a community like these this isn't a drama taking place like a civil like a civil war type thing it's not community against community it's not within community it's not inside a family troop type dynamic um and then okay so maybe is it within you and then that that granularity is what so it's like the thing you can touch the thing that you can experience and that's as granular like when you go beneath that then you're getting like okay so fine-tuning of <clears throat> I don't know what at that point, like the fine tuning of skill, like fine tuning of skill differentials between people. Yeah. Um, well, I like, mean, that is kind of a big difference between our games too, is you're looking at like a group of people mm -hmm. and, and zoomed out a bit more because of that. Whereas I'm focused very heavily on the individual and what they can do to change the world around them. And if you don't know what tools they have, then that makes it very difficult to determine how they can change the world around them. Unless yeah. you basically say anything goes. But it's like, it, it's more, it's a much closer view of how I'm looking at things, just because it's very heavily centered on the individual. No, well, so, so, is, so is Ashes. It's just, it's just in a different way. So you can zoom in underneath underneath the individual and ashes and go into the selves and those selves can interact with with uh each other so your psyche can interact with your body and you you can attack it if you want <laughs> uh and uh to, you can make it do stuff uh and but that would be if you if the, but the granularity between people is accounted for inside those realms. So, like, your the values you have 
uh, inform your professions and those in turn inform what actions you're good at. And those are, those are a stack. So if somebody has the value and maybe only one point in the profession and then doesn't have any more, you're probably going to be better at them by default. And then if you meet up somebody with somebody that you're equal to, well, then it's a risk. So then you're rolling, you're for sure rolling dice against them and they're, mm. So that's where that that's where I put the granularity. So I I put it in the, um, like because you do the same thing very similarly. Like you only make players roll when the numbers would basically even out, right? For the most part, yeah. Yeah. If, so, like, if there's overwhelming odds, there's no point because they're overwhelming. That's right. The but that's but that's actually something that happens with for you a lot. Like you allow players to stack overwhelming odds. So they don't have to roll. Like oh, right. I, I've, you, you, t you talked about games where like there were no dice rolled, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Like cool. this has totally happened, and it's right. Fine. Like I want people to think about the concept of things as it's not that you can't do this. You might be disadvantaged in doing this, but you can mm -hmm. still go out of your way. It's like to stack enough things in your favor that you'll still succeed. Right. So the, so we, we, we put the granularity in a similar spot there. Mm. So where, where I put it like in the, in the spot where it's like, okay, you've got all these advantages and now somebody, something else, not maybe not, it might not be a somebody, it might be something. Um, or a situation has enough, enough stacked against you that you now are put in the situation where, you've exhausted your your capacity and now you have to like push yourself and you don't know if, how it's going to go right so that's it's the the granularity for me go, comes at the point of uncertainty and i only need to zoom into the place where that uncertainty is so it only concerns i all, i only need to care about the scope where the uncertainty occurs so if the uncertainty occurs at the social level that's where the role takes place Right. Because there's no like like because if there's two communities <clears throat> and those communities are fairly are fairly coherent, but now they're going to fight each other. Well, that's where the that's where the conflict's happening. The conflict's not happening at at the communal level. It's happening at the at the social level. Mm. So that's where that's where the granularity comes in. And, and so if they have similarly stacked advantages, well, then well, then, you know, they're rolling dice against the the. The other community and that probably it's gonna that's gonna suck for one of those guys yeah i think that's also important too just mm -hmm. in games in general like the thing for social stuff like mm -hmm. there's so many games that try to do social combat and they use the term social combat but mm -hmm. then they try to apply it to like everything and it's like it doesn't make sense a lot of the time like i don't even like you don't even use the social mechanics in the game if or at least not for my game if mm -hmm. you're not trying to convince somebody to do something they don't want to do like if they want to do it then it doesn't really take effort to convince them unless they're like trying to pretend that they don't want to do it to get something out of you, in which case that basically acts as if you're having to convince them. 
it just might not take much effort in that case. But the point there is, like, if you're doing, like, any kind of social stuff, you only roll the dice. If it's actually difficult to mm -hmm. get to convince them of a point. But what, okay, so so I right, but you make it a point, right? You make it like point by point. Usually, yeah. Okay, so that's 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 I, I feel like you've just recreated social combat then because that's in a way that's. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm I'm fine with that for what it's used for. Like if you are actually trying to convince somebody of something, like you want the guard to leave their post and you're trying to talk them into it, it's gonna be kind of difficult. Like you need some way to actually convince them to do that. Like, it's not just you walk up and say, leave, and they do. Like, you might be able to do it if you, you know, dress uh, yeah. up as, you know, they're, they're as a commanding officer or something from the area. Like, there's a snap inspection. Like, they heard that there was going to be, like, some big wig coming around today. And you suddenly show up as the part and you start barking orders at them, you might be able to convince them to leave their post. But yeah, it's, it's the kind of thing that I think it's fine to have granularity for that kind of thing. And I think it's fine for even social combat as a concept to exist. It's just you shouldn't apply it to everything. Like, it's not every single time you're talking to somebody doesn't mean it's social combat. I don't think anybody runs games like that. I have seen people do it. I have seen people where anytime you're talking to anybody, they took that to mean that, oh, roll charisma. Okay, well... That's that, like that's not that, how this is supposed to be done, but I, okay. Well, that's I I don't know how to I don't know how to address that. That doesn't seem reasonable to me. No, um, it's not reasonable. That's the. Point. I mean, that doesn't seem like a reasonable. It doesn't seem like even I I don't even know what to do with that information. That I've never I've never even. Uh, I don't know. I guess that can happen. I but that seems that seems very far fetched. To me, I've never heard of that. That I don't know. I, I keep saying like I've never heard of that, but it's just like that's my anecdotal experience. I don't have like a broad Not survey I of have. groups, and nor do you. But it's you know, mm -hmm. I, if if you if you're say if you're telling me like you've, I you know, I don't know about internet stuff like because I've read some crazy stories of games on the internet, but I don't take those as data in no, any regard. Sorry. Uh, one of these would have actually been, uh, some, actually two of them would have actually been people I've played in person with. Okay. Wow. That's disturbing. Yeah. I, okay. I have had some really bad experiences with, D uh, not just D&D, &D, but actually that was 
that was actually D&D in both those cases. But yeah, uh, that I don't blame the game for that, though. That was literally just some very awkward people to play with. Right. So I, I, I just feel like don't, I feel like addressing that as a design thing is not reasonable. Like you can't, if you're going to include rules, right, for how social interactions go, uh, generally speaking, there's guidelines about when to apply those rules. So yeah, you know, read them shits. Uh, I don't do that the, the way the way Ashes would have that work. The guard situation is if there's a place you're trying to infiltrate and you send a sneaky dude and uh, you look at all the you lay out all the all the factors and the stakes and, and what you're willing to risk and all that stuff. And it comes to the point where you uh, you've either succeeded because you've stacked enough uh enough advantage if you give them up enough to get this guy through or you it, you're there and you're like okay it's a risk what do you do um it the, the the role happens the the power is totaled up on both sides and then you you say what you did for each factor basically you get to tell a story of what happened in the in the aftermath so it's it's always like these threads are 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 encounters are in hindsight always you're telling the story of what happened not what you not what you do so the 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 focus uh the way the way ashes works it is it's it's story first not fiction first so it's it's you the mechanics happen and then you use the mechanics to sort of guide your how you tell what happened so so if there was a guard there that would be a fact like a guarded place right there's it's manned by guards and you don't know how many even maybe um and so so the guide may ask what how you overcame those guards and then we know that you did it already or didn't do it and maybe the guards are what stopped you and then you have to you know say like no i wasn't i wasn't prepared to give up my life or risk my life to confront like you know these guys with halberds and whatnot so i i backed off and but i did get this this and this and so from the stuff i did i did achieve we can use that and get this even though i didn't make the full infiltration so like there's 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 the the what what i've tried to do is eliminate those points of uh th- those those full stops those failure points by allowing players to backfill like justify after the fact what happened well it's very much so uh, a blades in the dark kind of esque feel to it no oh in a lot of ways, it sounds like it is like you've already determined no, but... whether you succeed or fail. Though in their case, I think it's you start off with already you succeed. It no, it's it's not it's not like Blaze in the Dark in that I'm not the. Nah, okay, maybe well, let me think. 
how is it different specifically? Because in my conception, that's sort of backwards from how Blades in the Dark does it. Because Blades in the Dark, you describe the fiction of what happens, what you're doing, doing, right? The action taken, um, the the thing you're about to do, and the situation you're in. That's that at that your position is like whether you're in a uh, controlled, uh, risky, or desperate situation is key, and <clears throat> then uh, you make the role, and based on the role, the outcome is interpreted, but it is something happening, and then depending on what happens, so you may escalate and and try again with another action at a higher risk factor. Um, or from what I'm sorry, not a high risk fair, worst position. Um, and um, so, so, but it's still happening. Like the action is progressing as you're doing it from ashes where in ashes, the encounter, it clicks forward. Like, because it's somewhat asynchronous, the, the scene is wrapped up. So in, in, in Blades in the Dark, like you have um, the heist and the downtime. Uh, no, I, I realize that just to clarify, I mean, okay. in the sense of like, when you go in, it's like, okay, you encountered this problem. Mm -hmm. You've already solved the problem. You have, you brought an item with you to fix this. Which item did you bring with you and how did you fix this? Is basically looking at a past event that had already happened. Oh, you're talking about their flashback mechanic. Yeah, the flashback thing is I see. Okay. It, it seems very similar in that, it's, in that it's regard. It's somewhat not similar exactly to the, the same. No, you're you're uh Yeah, in, in in that it starts with well, no, it's not really like the flashbacks because um exactly the same no like it's the flashbacks are still happening as a new you encountered a new thing right what did you do in the past that you prepare you're prepared for, for this but yeah you're still encountering this thing in the moment you're you're doing mm -hmm. it in a different time frame where like this yeah is it's, it's, it's it's very action oriented yeah um whereas but, ashes is, is only action oriented at the risk portion that's where it's most like Blades in the Dark, where you don't know what's going to happen, and then you roll the dice. But that's that's not... You are trying to minimize those, because those are... Well, maybe you're not trying to minimize them, but uh, <laughs> they, they can be costly. They can be very costly, and um, so there will be there. It depends on how risky the players want to play it. Like that's the thing. So in Blades of the Dark, it strongly incentivizes the risk to take the risk because you get experience only when you attempt desperate actions. Um, Ashes doesn't. Ashes give has outcomes for both of those things, whether you're risking something or not. But it doesn't. It doesn't incentivize. Like you get the same thing, whether you do it one way or the other. Like there's there's if you want to progress faster, you will take more risks. But that's just what that's just the nature of reality. <laughs> that's like 
that's it. You will do, you will try and do more with fewer resources and it will sometimes fail catastrophically. Yeah, that sucks, but I, I understand why. Like, but, you, you are building your game in such a way that you're going to be stretched, then you will not have the ability to do everything. And if you try, because you can try to do everything, you just, things will go wrong because you didn't dedicate enough resources to them, which is perfectly reasonable given the situation. Mm-hmm. I actually yeah. don't see a problem with that. It's not quite the focus I have for mine. Like, no, you're looking at the focus things, is totally different. Yeah, like you're totally looking at it from like this has already happened. Here's the story of what happened. I tend to like to look at things in the sense of here's a situation that you've encountered. You didn't know it was going to happen because you didn't search for it in advance. You could have, but you didn't. So what do you do in this situation to deal with the situation that you've encountered? Because I find that's an interesting point of stories. Mm -hmm. Is you okay, you ran face first into a brick wall. What do you do about the brick wall? I mean... It's interesting if you have multiple options of ways that you can deal with it and yeah, they're viable. What do you do? I mean, the question, what do you do, is a lot of the fun of the game, I find mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I, I just, I, 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 I make the, the brick wall as a feature. Yeah. So, like, if you hit the brick wall, it, uh, the whole point is that you had a retreat moment and you had to regroup and then you tell you you talk about that and that's the thing where it allows you you actually can retreat you have you know if you you know basically you say no i'm not willing to sacrifice x in order to overcome y and that uh, so you you say you back off from whatever that thing is um and then uh I'm sorry, I totally lost my train of thought because I looked at the monitor for a second. I should have kept my eyes closed. Uh, um, where was it? It was in brick, the... Uh... Brick wall. Um... Oh, right, the brick wall. So, right, yeah. So when you hit the brick wall, you have the opportunity to regroup. And then the story is about, like, what you did to then overcome that, right? But I don't... That's not... I, I feel... I find that... Um, what I am trying to do there with making the brick wall like the end of that particular encounter and allowing the player to say like, oh, that was too much. I need to back off and regroup is I'm I'm trying to allow for the distance between um I don't know what it is exactly. It's like it's not exactly failure and trying again, but it's like yes, that encounter happened. Yes, you can learn something from it. That's still that still gives you experience. And you can try coming at that same obstacle a different way now. So maybe you need to maybe you didn't know enough. Maybe you need to explore 
and have an exploration encounter. So you need to find out more about this thing, or maybe, um, mm. maybe you were insufficient or your troop was insufficient and you need to evolve something. And so that, so your encounter is going to be about how you change to overcome this thing, or perhaps you need to, um, you need to engage with the group and figure out what, what the situation is a bit better. Like you need to, uh, uh, sort of present yourself to the situation in a new way, because now you have all the information and now you have the, you're sufficient. And now, now, now your approach vector has to be something. So what, how does, how, what's your approach like? Is it like, are you trying to get, are you trying to win sort of subtly here? Are you trying to overcome this thing through force? Are you trying to just sort of wait it out? Like, what are you trying to, how are you trying to do this? And so that, that's another choice players have there. And that, it's those three categories. It's basically sneaky, forceful, patient. Um, yeah. And I think that totally works for what mm -hmm. you're going for. Like, the main thing I'm trying to go for is I want to emphasize the idea of if you encounter a problem that seems insurmountable at first, mm -hmm. you can probably still surmount the problem. Like you can yeah. probably overcome it. It's just you're going to have to think about this for a bit. What can you do to stack things in your favor? What sacrifices are you willing to make? Should you? even be doing this in the same way so like you have like the first ball the sneaky and the patient i have other methods but some of it is like yeah you can probably try to do combat you can probably try to do stealth you might be able to talk about the problem you might be able to use other mechanics to to deal with it like the idea is you have a bag of tools at your disposal which ones do you want to attempt to use to solve this? And like backing down and leaving maybe an option as well. Like regrouping is not necessarily a bad idea. Like some things may not be worth it. Some things might be, uh, we'll come back to this once we've gathered more information because the brick wall is built in such a way that it needs something to be done to it and you don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. So maybe you better go figure that out first. But the point is that I want to emphasize the idea that in life, if you encounter something that seems impossible, it's probably not actually impossible. It's probably just going to take a lot of uh, effort, resources, time, or practice yeah potentially practice but you can probably get what you want if you sacrifice something for it it's just what are you willing to sacrifice to get it mm -hmm. yep totally even good. if even if it's like ridiculously difficult like it's a total uphill battle like sometimes yeah you're going to be at a ridiculous disadvantage it, it's going to suck and it's going to be like it doesn't seem like I can do this. And sometimes maybe it may as well be the case because the things that you would need to do in order to, 
to reach that goal would be like, I'm not willing to do that. Mm-hmm. But it, the important part is that you're willing to understand that and admit to yourself that it's not that this is impossible. It's that I'm not willing to do what it needs to be done to make it possible. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, that's you, you have assessed reality and been like, oh, no, that's not for me. Cool. And it's a choice. And that's good. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's like, I could totally do this. I'd have to murder somebody to do it. I don't want to murder somebody. So I guess I'm not doing it. But it's like, it's not that you had no choice. It's that there was a choice. You just didn't like the options. That's not the same as there's no choice. <laughs> All the milkshake places are closing in eight minutes now. I was I'm trying so to leave. Sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you have deprived me of milkshake. Now I have hot chocolate option only. I commit seppuku mom. Well, I, I appreciate that. I am, I am so sorry. <laughs> I totally should have let you go because milkshakes. <laughs> you subverted yourself. You subverted your own highest ideal. Darn. It's just like your game. Yep. People do this. Yeah. I mean, it, it only would have been my highest ideal if it was a strawberry milkshake. Mm-hmm. Actually, they are because they're Mount Hood strawberries. They're fresh. Actually, there is one milkshake I've actually had that I liked more than strawberry, but I've only had one place that had it and it's no longer available because the place closed down. But it was uh, just an ice cream store that let you use any flavor they had for ice cream and and turn mm. it into a milkshake instead and i had a cotton candy milkshake it was oh. really fucking good <laughs> didn't taste anything like cotton candy still but i don't care it was amazing <laughs> yeah it does sound pretty good yeah I, I mean for you i mean it's not my thing but yeah that's that uh i can i can totally see the appeal Okay. Gosh, Thank you for listening like, to Flail Forward if you made it through all that. Jesus. Why? Yeah, just that was just me around. and cat bullshitting. Jesus Christ. Oh, what, what did you expect? Nobody else was here. This <clears throat> knew this was coming. I knew this was coming as soon as like, <laughs> Mark and Kavar weren't coming. It's like, well, there goes the brakes on the crazy train. Pretty much. So, Pretty much. Like, we're just going to babble and rant and probably have an argument at some point. Hey, we we did all of these things. Oh yeah, that, that yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Welcome to friggin' flail forward. Uh, totally <laughs> I enjoyed I enjoyed our time together, and uh, as always, it's good stuff. Uh, where I and do I keep in mind the recording stuff. For the listeners, that you can actually come on the Discord on Fridays and don't do that. You can talk to us while we're talking and make us wander off topic faster than we normally do. Yeah, and if you're a former guest of ours, like Fraser was, we will totally not recognize you because we're tired and then only recognize you a second later. Yeah, well, whatever. It happens. I st- didn't remember until you mentioned that because I have like no memory. 
you have you have a, such a selective memory. Yes, that is a better way to put it. Yes. <laughs> it is extremely good on a extremely finite set of things. And then everything else, it's like, no, that's not important. I don't need names. Most people don't forget the name of the people they're dating. Most people also haven't forgotten their own name. I have done both. When did you forget your own name? Was, like a, was this in court or did it matter somewhere? No, it, it was like a long period ago, then early teens, be about 13, 14 or so, and basically just really shitty situation, just changed everything to talking mm. in third person, using a mm. character name instead, and just avoided talking mm. about myself properly for a few years. And Ooh. if you don't use your own name for a couple years straight and you're always referring to yourself as something else, then you can't actually forget your own name. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you made it through that eventually. Yeah, I was kind of uh, uh, looking back on that, but yeah, it's, it's weird stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, uh, we can always talk about that sometime. Probably not on Flail Forward. Probably not, no. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's just very odd memory issues. Mm -hmm. So go there. Okay, well, let's 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 say goodnight then. Yes, it is always night where you are, so we have to say goodnight. We can't say good morning. Nope. We could. It'd just yep. be wrong. Yep. It would be wrong. Good night. Hey. <laughs>